Good morning, faithful listener. You are listening to the Bible Explained podcast, where the Bible gets explained. So grab your cup of coffee and stay tuned as we read through the book of John. Hello, faithful listeners. This is Jen with the Bible Explained podcast. And you know what? I am sad today. I am sad and I am crying internally because it's snowing again. (laughs) It is snowing. And here's the problem. I wouldn't be so upset if I hadn't made a really ridiculous purchase yesterday. So without doing any research whatsoever and on impulse, I decided to buy a Venus flytrap. Walmart had a Venus flytrap. And I was like, that's cool. And so in impulse, I bought a Venus flytrap and learned quite quickly that they like to be outdoors. They do not like to be indoors. They need bugs. (laughs) And I do my best to keep all bugs out of my house so there's nothing to feed it. They like warmth. And it's snowing right now. So now my poor Venus flytrap is suffering in my window. I am doing the best I can with it. But I am very nervous that if <laughs> if the snow doesn't change very quickly to some sun in the next like few weeks, that my Venus flytrap will die inside of my window and I would have bought it for absolutely no reason. So tell me if you've ever impulsively bought something and regretted it. Let me know. I'd love to hear about your impulsive purchases. And maybe if they're funny, I'll share one on the podcast someday. But today we're not talking about impulsive purchases in scripture. We're actually going to be talking about John chapter 13, which is just before the Passover dinner where Jesus washes his disciples' feet. So let's read John 13 verses 1 through 20. As I always do, I'll be reading out of the WEB version today, but please feel free to grab your cup of coffee or your cup of tea and also the translation of the Bible that you prefer to read out of. And let's go ahead and enjoy the reading of God's word together. Now, before the feast of the Passover, Jesus, knowing that his time had come and that he would depart from this world to the Father, having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. During supper, the devil, having already put into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him, Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands and that he came from God and was going to God, arose from supper and laid aside his outer garments. He took a towel and wrapped a towel around his waist. Then he poured water into the basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel that was wrapped around him. Then he came to Simon Peter. He said to him, Lord, do you wash my feet? Jesus answered him, You don't know what I am doing now, but you will understand later. Peter said to him, You will never wash my feet. Jesus answered him, If I don't wash you, you have no part with me. Simon Peter said to him, Lord, not only my feet, but also my hands and my head. Jesus said to him, Someone who is bathed only needs to have his feet washed, but is completely clean. You are clean, but not all of you. For he knew him who would betray him. Therefore he said, You are not all clean. So when he had washed their feet, put his outer garment back on, and sat down again, he said to them, Do you know what I have done to you? You call me teacher and Lord. You say so correctly, for so I am. If I then, the Lord and the teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that you should also do as I have done to you. Most certainly I tell you, a servant is not 
greater than his Lord. Neither is one who is sent greater than he who sent him. If you know these things, blessed are you if you do them. I don't speak concerning all of you. I know whom I have chosen. But that the scripture may be fulfilled, he who eats bread with me has lifted up his heel against me. From now on, I tell you before it happens, that when it happens, you may believe that I am he. Most certainly I tell you, he who receives whomever I send, receives me. And he who receives me, receives him who sent me. So in today's portion of scripture, it says that Jesus knew that his time had come. That means that Jesus knew that he was about to die. And so what we read today took place right before the Passover supper. And Jesus, uh, you know, put this towel around his waist, took off his, his outer garment, put this towel around his waist to use it to wash the disciples' feet. Now, washing feet was like the lowliest position you could have. We actually talked about that the other day when uh, Mary, the sister of Martha, anointed Jesus's feet. But it was a very, very lowly position to take. It was like the bottom tier servant from my understanding of washing feet was the one that would wash feet because feet are disgusting. I <laughs> I actually used to be a, a hairdresser and I was also a nail technician for a little while. I did pedicures and I hated them. I hated them so much. And it's probably not for the reason you think it was. It was because it killed my back. It killed my back. I'd have to like stoop down over the person's feet and like hold their feet and their feet were like super heavy. Like feet are, are quite heavy when you're like holding them with one hand and uh, working with your other hand. It gets really heavy after a minute. And so it hurt my back. It hurt my arms. It was like physically and mentally draining for me to wash this person's foot and also to like buff their nails and do all this stuff. And I've had my fair share of disgusting feet. Like there, there were some really nasty feet out there. But it's not a fun job, but the difference was I was getting paid to do pedicures, whereas these servants weren't getting paid to wash feet. That was just what they had to do because they were slaves and servants. So washing feet was no fun. And you can imagine, especially back in these days where shoes, I would guess, were mostly sandals at this point in time. And you guys know that if you wear sandals during the summer, that your feet get gross in those sandals because even though the sandal is like protecting the bottom of your foot, the top of your foot is like practically exposed and dirt and filth and whatever else get all over your feet. And uh, the weather was hot, it was very dusty, people traveled by foot. There's probably, you know, horse dung and animal dung in the road and all sorts of other fun stuff that you don't want to walk on. You can imagine how gross feet would get at this time period. And so the servant would stoop down and if a guest came into the house, the servant would wash and anoint the feet. And anointing in general was quite a common practice. When a guest entered your home, you would anoint them with oil. And I don't know if you'd anoint their feet or their head or both, but uh, anointing was quite common as well. But Jesus took the position of a servant, like the lowliest servant, the foot washing servant, and he went around to all of his disciples and washed their feet. And fun fact, he also washed Judas Iscariot's feet because it says here that he was there at this time period. So yes, Judas's feet got washed by Jesus. 
And you can't actually make the excuse here that Jesus didn't know that Judas was going to betray him because Jesus knew exactly who it was. We'll talk about that on Thursday where Jesus hands some bread to Judas Iscariot, uh, basically proclaiming that Judas was the one who was going to betray him. So Jesus knew from the very beginning that Judas would betray him, but yet he still washed Judas's feet. And that's the level of humility and servanthood that Jesus had, that he was willing even to wash the feet of somebody who it says here in verse two, the devil had put into the heart of Judas Iscariot to betray Jesus. Judas was already tempted deeply by Satan. I don't know if this point Satan had entered into Judas yet or not, but regardless, Satan was still manipulating and using Judas for his own like nefarious plans at this point in time. And Judas was, of course, going along with it. He was totally cool with it is kind of what it seemed like. He was he was happy to work with Satan at this point. But yet Jesus still washed Judas's feet. We'll talk about why more in a minute here. But anyway, it says that Jesus knew that the father had given all things into his hands and that he was about to ascend to God the father. And that was when he put on his apron or his towel around his waist and grabbed a bowl full of water and washed the disciples' feet. And as he was washing the feet, he came to Simon Peter. I do wonder why the other disciples remained quiet, or maybe they didn't. Maybe they were chatting, but uh, John didn't say anything about what they were saying. Or maybe they were just like shocked silent. Uh, over over what Jesus was doing here, because this really was a very shocking thing. I mean, think about the savior of the world, God, washing your feet, especially since you worship him. This would be a very shocking sight and something you're just not expecting. But he comes to Simon Peter, <laughs> good old Simon. And Simon says, Lord, do you wash my feet? And Jesus was like, you don't know what I'm doing now, but you will understand it later. And so Peter's like, you will never wash my feet. <laughs> so Peter here was having a moment of humble pride. I'm sure you guys have experienced this before where you go on Facebook and you see somebody that's like humble bragging. <laughs> or I really like it when when people are like awarded something, you know, and, and they're just like, I was just awarded this beautiful, you know, certificate of whatever. And I'm just so humbled by this. <laughs> oh, that bothers me so much when people misuse the word humble. When they're like, I'm so humbled by this prestigious award I just got. <laughs> they don't know the definition of humble because humble actually means to make yourself feel less prideful, like uh, you feel lowly. So, so when people misuse the word humbled, that particularly very much bothers me. But Peter's kind of having a moment here where he's just like humble, humble priding. And he's just like, no, Lord, you're not going to wash my feet or you will never wash my feet is actually what he says. <laughs> and uh, yeah, obviously, Peter is being like, no, Lord, I am so humble that you shouldn't wash my feet. Like, I'm not worthy of of this, basically. And uh, Jesus 
then says to Peter, he says, if I don't wash you, you have no part with me. So Simon says, Lord, not my feet only, but also my hands and my head. Now, a lot of people say that Peter was very much in the wrong for saying that because he was like almost defying Jesus. Like Jesus only had to wash his feet, but Peter's like, no, wash everything now. But I can almost sympathize with Peter here where I think what Jesus said kind of scared him because Jesus did correct him there. He said, if I don't wash you, you have no part with me. And we do know that Simon, even though he he struggled a bit with with pride, as you can see multiple times in his story, I think this kind of scared him a little bit when Jesus was like, if I don't wash you, you have no part with me. And I think I would have had a similar response to Peter, if I'm being honest, where if Jesus had said that to me, I would have been terrified. I would have been like, okay, never mind, like wash everything then so I can make sure I have a part with you. (laughs) So I, I get it. I get it a little bit why Peter jumped to extremes, basically. But Jesus says to him, someone who is bathed only needs to have his feet washed but is completely clean. You are clean, but not all of you. For he knew him who would betray him. Therefore, you said, he said, you are not all clean. So Jesus, you know, corrects Peter. He's just like, no, you only need your feet washed because you have been bathed. Even though I shower, I will still wash my feet at night before I go into bed. Because if I go to bed with dirty feet that have been in sandals all day, I just feel sickening. Like, I, I don't want that in my bed. So... I'm bathed. I don't need to go take a full new shower again just because I stepped outside a few times with sandals on. And that's kind of the point that Jesus is making here. The same point. If somebody has been totally cleaned by Jesus, and now I'm talking spiritually, not physically. If you've had your heart bathed, if you've had it washed by Jesus, in other words, you have made Jesus your personal savior, then You don't need to be bathed every single time. This is why I personally believe that you don't have to keep asking for salvation. Once you have salvation, you are cleaned. Once you ask Jesus into your heart and he changes you and you have the Holy Spirit, you are cleaned. Even if you feel guilt about your past, even if you, you know, feel like you're not worthy, something like that, you don't need to keep asking for salvation over and over again. Because Jesus already cleaned you. All you need to do is wash your feet. And what that means is just coming to Jesus in repentance, saying, you know, Jesus, I messed up today. I called this person over here an idiot, and I was mean to my husband today, or I sinned in this way or that way. You just have to go to Jesus and confess those things. And that is how you, in a sense, wash your feet or rather have Jesus wash your feet for you. You get cleansed from those sins that you commit on a day to day basis, but you don't need to have the full washing happen over and over and over again. You just wash your feet. So Jesus expresses this and then he says, not all of you are clean. And obviously there he is referring to Judas Iscariot. So it says, when he had washed their feet, he put his outer garment back on and sat down again. And he said to them, do you know what I have done to you? Then he says, you call me teacher and you call me Lord. And you are correct because I am both of those things is what Jesus says. I am both teacher and Lord. And because I have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. Now, of course, we can't forgive sins. That is what Jesus does. But when it comes to 
the servanthood aspect of what Jesus did of washing feet. We can do that. We can wash each other's feet. We can serve in that way. We can take a lowly position as Jesus did and serve each other. We do it because Jesus called us to do it and because Jesus himself did it. It says right here that the reason the disciples needed to do it is because Jesus did it and we are not above Jesus. That's what Jesus says here in verse 16. Most certainly I tell you, a servant is not greater than his Lord. Neither is one who is sent greater than he who sent him. We do this to emulate Jesus. But we were created to serve. As odd as that sounds, human beings were created with the higher purpose of serving. So when we serve, it's actually very fulfilling to us. Even though it doesn't seem like it will be, it is very fulfilling in the long run because that is how we were created to be. Serving is very difficult, especially if you struggle with something like anxiety or depression. Serving can be very difficult. It can be be very hard to get out of your house and go and serve somebody. But it's actually what helps you get out of those depressive tendencies. I know this both by experience and because I listen to various podcasts, including the John Deloney show. If you don't know who John Deloney is, he's a a psychologist and also works for Dave Ramsey. And I listened to his podcast and actually something he was talking about this morning, which is making me think of this, He was uh, telling this woman who called in because she had various issues with depression and anxiety and all sorts of stuff. He actually told her, he said, it's very hard to put your family first and to put other people first when you struggle with these things. But actually what's going to help you get out of those depressive tendencies is serving. And because Jesus serves, we should also serve each other. And in some cases, this includes serving people like Judas. This includes serving people who may betray us in the long run, serving our enemies as Jesus served his enemies. We also should serve our enemies and that's very difficult. It's very difficult to be kind to somebody who will betray you or has already betrayed you. It's extremely difficult to be kind to people like that. But don't get me wrong, I don't believe this means that you have to keep getting walked all over or bend over backwards for somebody that's going to just keep hurting you and using you. I don't think that at all, because Jesus also talks about not casting your pearls before swine, right? But no matter what, we need to emulate Jesus as much as we humanly can, even for people who hurt us in the long run. Here's what it says. If you know these things, blessed are you if you do them. So you're actually blessed when people persecute you. You are blessed when you do the right thing, even when you get hurt in the long run. And to conclude here in verses 18 through 20, Jesus actually talks about how the scriptures were going to be fulfilled because he served and sat at the table with one of the disciples who would betray him. Here's what it says. But the scripture may be fulfilled. He who eats bread with me has lifted up his heel against me. Then verse 19, from now on, I tell you before it happens that when it happens, you may believe that I am he. So this is Jesus basically saying like, look, guys, I'm going to tell you right now who is going to betray me so that you will remember this and believe in me. 
So Jesus knew exactly who is going to betray him. He's about to say that. We're going to talk about that on Thursday. But last verse here, verse 20. Most certainly I tell you, he who receives whomever I send receives me. And he who receives me receives him who sent me. So that's the reason we do everything. That right there, that's the Great Commission. That's the reason we are kind to people who are not so kind to us. That's the reason we emulate Christ. Because if somebody else sees our lifestyle and behavior being different from the world, and they, in a sense, receive us, like receive the message that we are saying or the lifestyle we are living, then they receive Jesus. And if they receive Jesus, then they receive the Father. That's the reason we serve right there is because of the Great Commission, because we could potentially cause somebody to accept Jesus for themselves. Faithful listeners, I do hope you gained something out of today's episode. And I want to thank all of you for all your beautiful reviews you've been leaving the podcast. I noticed that I have quite a few reviews on Apple Podcasts now. So thank you guys who have been reviewing the podcast. That means a lot. And it also helps the Bible Explained podcast get found by more people. Every single rating and review that you make on whatever platform you're on helps the podcast to get spread. So thank you guys so much. I appreciate all of that. Once again, don't forget to contact me and answer that question from the beginning of the episode. Now, of course, the giveaway is still going on. That's linked in the description of this podcast episode. You could win a Bible Explained bumper sticker pack and a handwritten note from me if you enter the giveaway via Facebook or email. Faithful listeners, I will see you all tomorrow for an episode out of Deuteronomy. Hope to see you there. Happy listening and God bless. Oh,